listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 And it was Monday night, last night at Lambeau Field, where the Green Bay Packers took care of business 35-17 the final over the Detroit Lions. Green Bay now 1-1 one one on the season, bouncing back from that ugly loss to the Saints in Week 1. So Lions lose to the Saints easily. It wasn't even a game. Saints get dominated the next week against the Carolina Panthers. So that doesn't make Green Bay look good. Then it's 17-14, to 14, the Detroit Lions leading at halftime. Okay, from there, there's two quarters. Green Bay surges against maybe the worst team in football, but right up there. I mean, Jacksonville, right, right up there with Detroit. What does this tell us? Is this a relief? I was looking at ESPN.com. It's like, you know, Rodgers is back. And I get it, right? It's a positive narrative. How much, and we'll go around the horn, AJ first, how much doubt do you still have that Aaron Rodgers is going to be anywhere near last year? What did you see from him in this game? What's your prospects on the season? I saw some meh in the first half, and in the second half he looked like the old Aaron Rodgers. But that's three, you know, three halves of football that I've gone, oh boy, this isn't great. And then one half where he looked like the old Aaron Rodgers. So, so, so hold on, let me ask a question though: the old Aaron Rodgers, as in last years? Last years, the 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 fantastic one year wonder, okay. Mr. Aaron Rodgers. Okay, or, he had four or, years before that that wasn't all that good. Yeah, or the old old Aaron Rodgers where he was this good all the time. I agree. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm still not sold, and I'm I'm less sold on the Packers as a whole. I still think they've got some big problems defensively. But Aaron Rodgers in that second half looked like what you expected Aaron Rodgers to look like. Now, if that's if that's something he's going to be able to maintain, I guess we'll have to see. But he looked motivated in that half. So what you're saying is, when they were losing, he looked bad. When he they won and scored a bunch of touchdowns, he looked good. And the God, future, the, we're just yeah. going to have to see. I, I, I guess that's pretty accurate, yeah. <laughs> okay, next up, Jonas Knox. I'm still, jury's still out for me. I'm still a little bit skeptical because I don't know if that was just a case of they were playing the Lions and that's why they were able to figure things out. I don't know if it's because he wasn't there for the offseason and so they're still a little bit behind schedule. I I just take more of a wait-and-see approach on this, and I think the next couple of weeks are going to tell us a lot. They've got the 49ers on the road, which has been a nightmare for them throughout the course of the past couple of years, and then they've got the Steelers. I I think the next couple of weeks are going to give us a true answer on Rodgers and the Pack. Yeah, so we'll have the early line against the 49ers. Right now, we have it. Green Bay is a three-and-a-half-point underdog at San Francisco. Now, before Monday Night Football, the line was four. So it was Green Bay plus four. They look good in the second half. Though, as AJ said, we're going to have to see about the future. But plus three-and-a-half right now. So an upgrade of Green Bay by a half a point. Here's my well, – let me ask you, AJ, a question. We are straight out of Vegas. I'm RJ Bell. Is – you said you're more worried about Green Bay. Now, let's def- – as a team other than Aaron Rodgers. So let's define this. If we say the expected performance is expectation, so Aaron Rodgers would be expected to be a top-five quarterback, I think it's fair to say, after an MVP season, and then – the other players are going to all have their expectations, right? Adams, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. Okay. Do you believe, based on those very disparate expectations, with Aaron Rodgers being very, very high and the rest of the Green Bay, some higher, but you know what I'm saying, is do you feel like you have more concern, because as you said, for the rest of the Packers falling short, 
or Aaron Rodgers falling short. And, and you said the rest of the Packers. Why is that? I guess because the the things that are scaring me right now are the fact that they're letting the Lions score 17 points and a half of football, and that's something that's out of Aaron Rodgers' control. Uh, and but him then, having the worst QBR in the league last week was within his control. That was a big problem. Uh, I'd also say that the you know the the offensive line. There's he's been sacked five times in two games. Uh, they've been doubled up in rushing yards. That they, like their rushing yards versus their opponents' rushing yards. So those are factors that make me concerned that maybe the Packers overall aren't as good. But I, I mean, obviously, Aaron Rodgers. If if he plays well enough, the Packers are going to win a lot of games. If he doesn't play, if he plays like he played last week, they're going to lose a lot of games. It's it's not rocket science. It's the, no. they're going to go as he goes. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. So, RJ, we've been talking a lot about Monday Night Football. The Packers went over the Detroit Lions, and before we went to break, we had the discussion about Dan Campbell, the first-year head coach for the Detroit Lions, which sparked the conversation about brand-new head coaches this season in the NFL. Okay, so AJ had a good idea. He's like, these coaches aren't doing too well the newbies and it's like yeah i never thought of it really so we looked at every time they played this season two weeks where they didn't play each other because if they play each other it's going to be one and one so that's going to just muddy the data we took that out and what's left is 10 games the rookie head coaches straight up aj one and nine straight up Ooh, i think that's almost 10 percent. the average straight up margin is minus 10 so they're losing by double digits in these games? Yes. Okay, now, these are not good teams. That's why they got new coaches. So maybe one and nine's not so bad, but you know what is the great equalizer? The point spread. So what is the ATS against the spread record? How about three and seven minus four ATS margin? So they're falling behind by four points a game, so that means over ten games, they're 40 points they've been outscored relative to the spread. The rookie coaches... All right, now, why? Why? What's your first theory? I think that this is the first time in a long time there's been a a crop of new head coaches where none of the head coaches have prior head coaching experience. So these are are all first-time NFL head coaches. And it's coming at a time that's unprecedented, the, like having to, to learn how to be an NFL head coach while dealing with all the things that, you know, every coach is dealing with right now. But the COVID related things, it's, it's not an easy time to adjust. Now, you make a great point. It's not only more things to worry about, but there's less time to worry about the, the typical stuff. Because of the CBA and every contract they sign seems to be less practice time, less hit and during camp. And... It's like if you're worried about COVID that you've never dealt with before, you're a head coach for the first time. Now, were any of these head coaches or uh, this year's hires head coaches in college? Uh, Urban Meyer. Oh, that's true. So Urban Meyer. Now, obviously, it's different from college to pro and none of the other ones in college even. No. So high school? That I, I, My research department hasn't let me know that. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny? It's like three state championships. He was, on, he was on Friday Night Lights. You might remember him. He was. It named, sounds like someone Jerry Jones would hire, <laughs> like a really good high school football coach in Texas. He, did, he knows how to win. Well, I tell you this. If I remember correctly, there was a team, uh, Cincinnati Moeller. All right? You remember them? They were the best high school team in the country, like year after year. And they had a guy named Gary. Oh, I can't remember his name. Mackenzie, look this up. Cincinnati Moeller, Gary was the coach. And he ended up being – 
if I'm not mistaken, the Notre Dame coach. He went from Cincinnati Moeller to Notre Dame, if I'm not mistaken. We'll check on that. Um, Jonas, you should know that, even though it's before your time. You don't? I don't know that, no. Uh, see, I can only speed. get Jonas when I go back to the <laughs> 80s. That's it. I, I do know like Doug Peterson and Matt Nagy, both those guys were high school coaches at some point. Yeah, but they um, – Okay, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, it's funny how, I mean, you look at uh, Brady, for example, for, from Carolina, and he was an, a, a quality assurance assistant, like one of 30 on the Saints, and then he got down to LSU, got the OC job, and now he's like, you know, almost certainly going to be a head coach in the next couple of years, I think. And he literally a few years before – you know, was making probably like, I don't know what the QA guys make now, but it's like 50K, you know, which is fine. But I mean, I think uh, to be from that to an NFL head coach in just a blink of the eye. Did you get that, McKenzie? Gary Moeller coached high school straight out of high school, straight out of his own graduation, ended up coaching Michigan and even the Detroit Lions later in his life. Okay, so he went to Michigan, not Notre Dame. Boy, Michigan's just bad. They tried to steal an Ohio guy, <laughs> but they, they, they messed up. They Someone said, this is a winner, and it's like, yeah, high school. <laughs> We're straight out of Vegas. Jonas, what do you think about the cause of the uh, first-year coaches doing so poorly? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with the quarterback situations. In the case of the Jets and the Jags, they've got rookie quarterbacks that they're depending on trying to you know, help get their franchise back on track. I think the interesting team is the Houston Texans because I would argue they've looked the best of every team in their division. Ooh. And coming into the season, we've thought that they were going to be the most dysfunctional. I think they, you know, obviously they won the first week. They were competitive last week. And if not for Tyrod Taylor going down with the injury, I, I want what sort of conversation uh, is surrounding David Coley and company and, and what they've been able to do there without Deshaun Watson and all the distraction. Well, I got to be honest with you. You just shot one right across AJ. I, it's interesting <laughs> because you told me you want the D segment tomorrow in your farewell show going to the mornings, three hours a day now, is you want it to be the seven things I hate about AJ. Now, it's kind of weird you're doing that like right before you leave, but okay. Uh, but all joking aside, double him back. The, the, the rookie QBs, wouldn't you agree, though, the point spread's going to count for that, right? Yeah, I would think so. Well, that's um, what, if it doesn't, then we should just fade the rookie QBs. Yeah, I, I just think in the case of like a Zach Wilson, uh, first of all, I don't think Zach Wilson should be starting. I, I think they're such a bad team that there should be a veteran in there taking those hits. I don't know how he's going to make it through the season. Um, you know, Urban Meyer and company, that seems like they're still trying to figure out sort of what, what they want to be and, and whether or not they can keep Trevor Lawrence healthy as well, too. And I also think there's something to... And, and I've heard a couple of coaches talk about this, and it's sort of this – the way we look at coaches, we don't really give them an opportunity to grow and learn. We take a rookie quarterback and we say, well, there's going to be rookie mistakes, they'll be fine. But we don't really take into account that these are first-year head coaches. They've never done this before. And I can remember Brian Billick telling a story on the air years ago on Fox Sports Radio in which he said, I thought I was ready for my first head coaching job. He's all, I had no clue. Clock hmm. management, everything, game management, all of that stuff. And I would just wonder if some of that is also playing into it. And obviously we know what happened with, uh, with David Coley, speaking of which, when it came to managing uh, downs in Houston last week. So. Well, I hear you, but I think it's even more difficult now because there's just less time. I mean, yeah. 
it, it, the players, you know, the owners traded and said, yeah, you can have less practices and we'll take more money. And they're happy with that, and the players are happy with it. But I, I think the game itself, you cannot handicap. And you look at Kyler Murray as an example. I would make a major bet. You want to pick any two games, even against whatever weak opponents, but two games in a row. And I'll compare, the, I'll bet the first two games, I'll take that those stats, and you can have any two games in a row later in the year. And why? Well, one, obviously it was very good. But two, when he's healthy and the other team's not tackling real well because they don't tackle much in camp, well, he's uh, unstoppable borderline. Yeah. How's he going to be when he's beat up a little bit and the teams are tackling better in Week 10? You know, last year he wasn't good at all in the second half of the year. We'll see. I'm R.J. Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it, Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm a skeptic of Trevor Lawrence, and I think he'll be fine. I mean, I picked, made a bet with McKenzie that he'd be starting, what is it, year four, McKenzie? I think uh, we made a bet, will he be a starting quarterback entering year four? And McKenzie's like, I don't know if he will be. So uh, what's the exact terms of our bet? Plus 350 odds. One grand to win 3500 Okay, and that's if he's going to be a starting quarterback entering year four. Yes. Sam Darnold was, right? He was. Okay, I'm, I'm, <laughs> unless there's a major catastrophe. I might have to get insurance. You know how people, like players, will get insurance. They get knocked out of the league. Just get insurance on Trevor Lawrence for 3500 <laughs> Because that's the only way he's not starting. But he's. I don't think he's going to be good. Why? Because... I don't see him facing much adversity in his life. And what we're going to see for sure is adversity in the NFL. And we've seen it already. And this is an interesting concept. So EPA is expected points added per play. So it's a way to just grade every play. And if you look at Trevor Lawrence's EPA, it's not great. It's at the very bottom of the league of quarterbacks. But here's what's interesting. We look at garbage time versus non-garbage time or competitive time. So what we do is if a team has between a 10% and 90% chance to win, we say it's competitive. Right? If you have a 1% chance to win or a 99% chance to win, it's not competitive. So the 10% at the top and bottom, we, we say that's garbage time. The rest is competitive. Is Trevor Lawrence in competitive time is still bottom of the league, but he's a little bit better. But during garbage time, when you think he'd be like trying to re- – because let, let me give you a hint. Jacksonville and garbage time's never been up big this year. They've been down in a futile way, less than 10%, a big chunk of the year. And he plays – his, his actual uh, EPA is four times worse in this garbage time. So you might think, well, RJ, what matters is when the game's competitive. No, he's horrible there too. 
But when the game's out of hand and you think you're going to be playing for pride and you're fighting back, facing adversity, well, he's done even worse. Now, I know it's only two games, but we're going to keep an eye on it. That does follow the narrative that adversity is not his friend. Any thoughts, AJ? I, no, there's, I don't have anything good to say about Trevor Lawrence so far. I saw a stat today. I've been trying to find the uh, the full list, but I saw that he leads the league in uncatchable pass rate. 36% of the passes he's, he's thrown have been deemed uncatchable passes, which is Most, just horrendous. Good quarterbacks complete more. So 30, 100 minus 36 is 64. So that's, yeah. that means only 64% of his passes are even possibly catchable. <laughs> that That is not good. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.